Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. go Browns post game show the LOTL Deerfield Gridiron post game show uh Browns another winner 8 and 3 8 and 3 guys unbelievable Browns on a uh, three game winning streak their second three game winning streak of the season I believe um and uh we are it, it's right there for us it is we are looking the playoffs are staring us dead in the face um, what's up, everybody? I'm Dan, here with Ryan and Steve. How are we doing, gentlemen? You know, it's a beautiful day. Browns 8-3. and three. Uh, Some of the other games ended up going our way, too. Uh, it, it's all falling into place. And like we said a few weeks ago, you beat either Tennessee or Baltimore, you're almost certainly in the postseason. Yeah, we're feeling good. Things are looking good around the league. I, uh, I got a little sketchy there, I admit. There's never an easy win. Much sketch. But, you know, wins are wins, and, yeah, sometimes uglier than others, but I, we say it all the time. When's the last time we had eight wins? When's the last time we felt this optimistic about the trajectory of a season? Hell, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last time the Browns were five games over five hundred was 1994. Yep, I was four years old. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I was seven. Nice. Steve was also seven. Uh yeah, eight and three. Like you said, like you alluded to, Ryan, wasn't pretty. Uh, was damn right, downright, damn right, downright frust. I just want to say damn, <laughs> downright frustrating at times, honestly. And you know, uh, it's a little bit of a concerning trend. Um, Baker missing wide open touchdowns. He did it again today. He and then he and then he missed a wide open uh, third down that could have salted the game away. Um. So, whoa. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good to win. A win is a win is a win. So, yep. um, you know, we're not a team that perennially makes the playoffs to where, you know, we're counting style points. We just want to get into the dance. And we're one step closer, setting up an absolutely enormous game next week uh, in Nashville with the, uh, with the Titans. So, yeah. Um, Really, really good. What were your guys' first takeaways um, of today's game? Well, um, we got a lot of good Baker today. Um, like you said, unfortunately, we got a little bit of bad to the missed throw to Higgins in the end zone. Like, that's a throw that you or I or Ryan could have made. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's very frustrating. But, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, the defense struggled a little bit today. I expected that, actually, particularly on the D-line. Um you know, Miles Garrett, um, you know, sometimes you can have games where, you know, Vernon and some of the other guys, Richardson, can sh- sh- show up big and it's really no big deal, but that's not going to be the norm. And let's face it, the Browns have been terrible on defense the entire season away from home. So, um, got 19 points. They really got friggin' lucky with a terrible call on fourth down to end up extending their drive to make it within two, but, 
Uh, they do enough to win, ultimately. And Chubb and Hunt, whenever they're healthy, they're going to do their thing. And they did it again today. Yeah, um, real quick. Can we talk a little bit about uh, not just that terrible call, but can we talk about what in uh, what in Hades' name <laughs> happened on that third and fourth down sequence when they were trying to figure out the spot and where the ball was, the Browns challenge, and then they go for it, and then they and then they have to measure it, and then the ball was literally across the marker, and they still called it short. Like what happened? Well, they got the first down on second down, I thought. You know, well, that said, too. I mean, that should have been a whole thing. The fact they lost that first challenge I thought was surprising. And then, yeah, they put the stick down on fourth down, and it's the end of the ball is in line with the stick. Yes. Like, I thought that meant first down. Right. There's There was no daylight between the ball and the, and the, the, the uh, down indicator or marker, whatever. First down marker. I mean, it was I. I really hate to be the guy who ends up griping about the refs because they're they're humans and calls go both ways. I understand that, but it really felt like truly today felt like it was either some kind of new squad. There was some kind of ineptitude, or I, I don't know what the deal was because yeah, that whole sequence was was hilariously insane to me. But there were issues all day long with you know the Jacksonville offensive line. They could have gotten clipped for call uh, holding on. Know, numerous occasions, and then never did. But yeah. yet we got popped. You know, and Treader gets popped for Tre- two completely bogus which, holding calls at the end of the game. And the first one was bad, and I think the second one might have been even worse. The second one was worse. I, I, it was the, that made no, not a whole lot of sense to me. I know there's some debate about the Olivier Vernon hit on the sack. You know, on the one hand, I mean, Dan and I were talking about this a minute ago. I agree technically by the letter of that law. He like dropped his arms a little bit, and his head was leaning forward. Therefore, he was leading with the crown of the helmet. But yeah. at the same time, when a six foot seven quarterback crouches down and lowers his head, like what? I mean, do you have any idea how fast Vernon is moving on that play? Right. You know, for for somebody to duck in front of him, yeah. he's not just going to be able to instantaneously react and drop. Yeah, and it's just all day long. It just felt like the calls were again comically out out of touch and. You know, I'm sure there were some plays that if we're if we were Jags fans, maybe we'd gripe about. I get it, like that's life, but it just felt particularly bad today. Why is it always Jacksonville too? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jack, point. as as uh, you as listeners out there can probably recall, uh, the infamous Bottlegate in 2001 was against Jacksonville, which ultimately cost us a chance to go to the playoffs in 01. Um, and then there have been a couple games since then that where we've played Jacksonville. Just some weird – I don't know what it is about that team, but it's just weird. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we had the Bottlegate game in 2001. The very next year, uh, Tim Couch had a Hail Mary to Quincy Morgan on the final play. The yes. Uh, you know, there's just been a lot of odd games over the years. That I've mentioned a game maybe about six or seven years ago where the Browns turned Jacksonville over six times and yet still lost the game. Now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, then, so, we, so this is why I'm, uh, I'm bullish on the Browns and, uh, you know, we're going to get into, I have, I have some gripes about Stefanski today. Um, some game management stuff that I think continues to flare up with him. Um, uh, but overall, like I'm not going to be upset with eight and three, like results are results. And whether you, no matter how you do it, if you get the win, if you get the win or you take the L, you know, that's ultimately what you're graded on. Um, 
But yeah, this is a this is a game that we would have like it's and I'll tell you the exact point where I feel like it all would have came off the rails for us is when Harrison Bryant fumbled that first play uh, in the second half. I feel like past Browns teams would have just like literally would have tucked their tails and just ran out of the stadium after something like that happened. Especially, that was that bad of a play. It especially really against a bad team. How many times have we had that happen to us and then just like fold up our tent and lose to a bad team? Now, usually mm-hmm. we're equally as bad as those teams, but you know, how many times has something like that happened where we turn the ball over inexplicably and we just let it snowball and avalanche down the hill and uh, end up losing? I mean, that, that's happened way too many times for me to even remember. But they didn't do that today. They Now, they tried, uh, along with the refs trying to take it from them, they tried to give that game away at the end. Um, they did. And my biggest gripe with Stefanski, and uh, let me know if you guys agree with this or not, I... But when we when we were up eight down there in that sequence that we were just talking about with uh, you know the second down run by Hunt where you know we thought for sure he had it didn't have it okay it's third and inches then you have the rollout the rollout pass to Kareem Hunt that Baker just completely effed up and then you come back and you try and run on fourth down I don't know why we didn't kick the field goal to go up eleven there. You know, that's an interesting one there because I get why they went for it on fourth and inches. They were running the ball so well, and they figure there's a lot of marginal advantage to keeping the ball another two, two and a half minutes. If you pick up the first down, it would have made it almost impossible for Jacksonville to be able to score, especially if if that drive ended in points. By the math, yeah, I get it. They should have kicked the field goal. So you can go yeeny meeny on that one, I think. I mean, here's my thinking, is there was about five minutes left in the game, right? So if you kick the field goal, and with the way Parkey had been, has been kicking the ball this year, it was a 39-yard, it would have been a 39-yard field goal attempt. If you kick the field goal there, you go up 11 points. Do you really think Mike Glennon's going to score twice in five minutes? I don't trust Mike Glennon to score twice in five minutes, but I also don't trust our defense to hold a jello cup for five minutes like i I just true it's my thinking is i i sort of i know what you're saying i lean probably more on what stefanski was thinking because at the end of the day are we weren't getting the pass rush that we normally get and the secondary was made of swiss cheese and the the play that he drew up it's you know some folks were saying you know like why would you go away from the run on third down there when it had been working so successfully that's a very fair argument but the play that he drew up in that situation it worked it's just that Baker did his normal thing where he rockets the ball off target from yeah. a few feet away. Granted, Kareem could have made a better attempt and possibly still could have caught that ball. But, I mean, the play should have worked. And so I that's more of the execution than it is the game plan because, I mean, if we keep the possession at, at that point in time, even if we end up stalling out and then kicking a field goal, we've still taken another minute or so off the clock. And it, now now we just kind of further solidify our position. So I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but you kind of like what Steve said. It's you know it could have gone either way, and I would have probably not like complained. You know, yeah. I, I suppose. But um, I just I just think adding another step for a one in nineteen to have to go through to come back is the right play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'll say this, and you kind of alluded to it. I when when uh, 
the ball was snapped on third and inches, and we didn't run the ball, and Baker's rolling out. I'm like, okay, either we're going to get this first down or kick the field goal. Because if you're going to go for it on fourth down, why are you not running the ball on third and inches? Why are you throwing a pass? And granted, granted, Baker completely effed that play up. That should have been a first down, and quite quite honestly, Kareem Hunt could have scored on that play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to this with my dad and my brother. You can't guarantee execution. What you can do as a coach is you can guarantee to put your team in the best case to be best chance to be successful. So for me, that's it's third and inches. We've been running the ball great all game. Run the ball on third and inches. And if we don't get it on third and inches and we don't lose yards, run it again on fourth down. And if you can't get inches in two plays, I mean, come on. Especially the way we're running the ball. So yep. so when yep. when I saw this is before Baker like rocketed it behind Kareem Hunt and it was incomplete. When when they snapped the ball and Baker rolls out to the right, I'm like, okay, we're getting the first down and kicking the field goal. So obviously I was I was upset when Baker threw it behind Kareem Hunt, and that's 100% on Baker. Kareem Hunt was wide open. He has to make that throw. But then when when the offense stayed out on the field, I'm like, what is going on? Because for me, if you're uh, – and, and I, I said this to Ryan uh, before we got on here. Um, the only explanation to me was that Stefanski was planning on kicking the field goal and then split second had a change of heart after that uh, play. You know, I don't think the Browns would have thrown on third and one if they hadn't run a similar play successfully earlier in the game when they, they actually threw to the left sideline on fourth and one. It was a play to Hodge, and Hodge made a good, really good catch. Yeah, that was yeah, a great catch. That was on the drive to put them back up 20 to 19. So, yeah, that, that might be one of those things where maybe they went to that well one too many times. Yeah. I, ju- I just, I don't know. I. Maybe because we're very we're a very analytical analytical organization now. The quote unquote analytics told us to uh, throw the pass there on third and inches, and then go for it on fourth and inches. I don't know. I just to me it just seemed weird. It seemed wonky. It's like if you're gonna go, if you know going into that third and inches that hey, if we don't get it, we're going for it. It's third and inches. There's nothing you should be doing but running the football because. Number one, you're in a position where you want to run more clock. So you run the ball, say, hey, you get stuffed. It's still fourth down. We got another chance, but we're also running another 40 seconds off the clock. And, you know, third and inches, the way we the way we had the way we had been running the ball, uh, you had to think that just lining up and running the ball was gonna be able to get you the the yardage that you needed, which was the inches. Now, all of this is to say that we actually did make the first down on fourth down. Just we got completely screwed over by the ref. So, <laughs> yeah. really, I guess in in all honesty, I shouldn't be too hard on Stefanski because it was taken out of his hands by a BS ruling by the officials. So, I guess I, I shouldn't be too hard on him. I will say, you know, with- the, devil, the devil's advocate argument is if you're going to pass on third and inches. Why not just go for the end zone in the game right there? You know? Potentially. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, especially, see, I would have been more okay with that if they would have went for the end zone and then, okay, come back and we'll run it on fourth down if, if it's an incomplete pass. Um, 
I don't know. It just seemed a little weird to me. But hey, like I said, we should we had the first down. It just got taken away from us by the officials. Right. Well, and you said it earlier. I mean, at the end of the day, with the backfield that we have, third or fourth in inches or a foot or something along those lines, it shouldn't. We should be able to get that every single time. Yeah. That it just it should be automatic. I mean, I know that there's a lot of great defensive lines out there. I don't care. Our offensive line is good, and we have the best backfield in football. Find right. a way to figure it out. Right. Uh, Steve, you still there? It says your video's paused. There you um, go. You're there. You're back. Eventually, I'm going to have to go out and look in the scoreboard and stuff. So if, okay. if that's if I go off the video, that's what it is. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't know if you were doing that uh, intentionally or, or what. <laughs> we're okay. remoting Steve in this week for everybody yeah. who yeah, hadn't so been able Steve, to figure Steve that out yet. remote. Uh, <laughs> It, that's why he sounds a little uh, robotronic. Uh, that's the reason. So, but uh, we're, we appreciate him being with us. Uh, yeah. So, uh, not going to let us go through this entire episode without shouting out Jarvis Landry for the way he played Ooh, today. First uh, of all, my goodness! Happy birthday! Yes, happy birthday, uh, boy! Yep, happy belated birthday to Jarvis. And uh, yeah, he balled out, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? Eight catches for 143 yards and a touchdown. Something like that. Let me pull up. Uh, I can pull that up here shortly. And but. a lot of his catches were, you know, good throws by Baker by threading the needle. But you know, he made a lot of great catches today and a lot of key spots too. Absolutely. Well, and so you know, when I was thinking about like what was I initially thinking. As, you know, the second, okay, cool. We win the game, game's over. What, what am I reflecting on? Baker, had, it was such a tale of two Bakers, which I feel like, again, is as somebody who is uh, in the camp of Baker apologists, it's getting harder to defend because we've seen him thread the needle on some really great it's plays. Frustrating. He yeah. is He has had some truly uh, spectacular accuracy in, in moments, but the second he gets close to the red zone or the second there there's a little bit of pressure, he gets those happy feet, and as we've seen, when his feet aren't set, that's when he airmails it. And so um, it, it, it was crazy. So for as much as we were, you know, upset about some of the missed passes in the red zone and the, to extend that one drive, on the flip side, he threw some frozen ropes to Jarvis yeah. today, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was absolutely – and the one terrified me. He threw from the end zone yep. into a window that was yep. probably the size exactly of a football. On third down. A unbelievable yeah. throw. That was crazy. The yeah. ball's on Baker for that throw. That that should have probably gone wrong nine times out of ten. Yeah, I think that was uh, – was that – Was think, that the outer to the right sideline or that was the pick? Or no. Was no, this was like no, right down – it was like a the, slant right like over a, the middle. Uh, yeah. This is over the middle of the field. This was on the drive that we went uh, to score the touchdown to go up 8, 27-19. Um, yeah. It was a third down throw. I mean, we, mm-hmm. were lo- we were looking at punting the ball back to Jacksonville only up one and Jacksonville getting the ball back at about midfield. Um, so that was a hugely important, um, hugely important. Uh, play. Yeah, Jarvis had eight receptions on the day for yeah, 143 yards. Nobody else had more than three receptions on the day, and Nick Chubb, mind yeah. you, was one of them. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, like Harrison Bryant had one, Hooper had two, uh, Carlson even had one. Which well, I don't even know that Carlson played today. Harrison Bryant should have had two and a touchdown, but he whomped that one. Yep. Um, it was a forgettable day for Harrison. I tell Bryant. you, yeah. yeah, he had a tough day. I mean, he's a rookie. I like let's. I'm he's a fourth round pick rookie. Like we. 
We all love him. He has great potential, but let's not forget that he wasn't drafted as a first round, top of the first round. I don't know. Fourth round for a tight end is kind of like the second round for for anybody else. You know what I mean? I know, but there's tight ends that go in the first round every year. No, I know. Well, yeah, like Njoku, for for example. (laughs) Who, by the way, did not have any targets or catches. (laughs) Shocking. Um, Yeah, I know. But I, you know, I'm not trying to pile on the poor kid. I know that he had a bad day at the it's office. A tough game, but I mean, I tell it happens. You, but he does. I am. It's it's already a growing like concern for me because we're seeing a trend of ball security problems. It's not the first time he's done this. He did yeah. this against the Raiders as well. And I know he still had some nice plays. I'm not trying to take away from it, but he he's one that like I'm like I'm already like, and it's probably not fair to him because we are we're so fresh with Njoku, but I'm already treading down that path where I'm like, oh great, and, you know, maybe he can make the catch, which is something David struggles with, but if he can't hang on, he can't hang on, and that that doesn't do us any good either. Right. So yeah, forgettable is 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 the right word for him for his game today, Steve. Um. Kaderil Hodge also played pretty well. Not as many uh, targets and catches as uh, as Jarvis had, but uh, great security blanket. I feel like Kaderil's turning more into what Higgins was during Baker's rookie year. Agreed. And I don't know why it's not Higgins himself, uh, who did play today, had one catch on two targets, but um, and should have had the touchdown. He should have had two catches on two targets with right. a touchdown. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Hodge had a nice day as as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Jarvis was great, and uh, you know, not a lot of guys had a bunch of targets after Jarvis, but uh, a lot of guys had you know those one to two to three catches. Um, so Baker did a decent job of spreading the ball around a little bit. We still didn't throw the ball a ton. I mean, Baker didn't have over thirty attempts, um, but uh, but yeah. Good, by the way. On paper, Baker's stat line looked pretty doggone good, I will say. Good, and then could you imagine if he would have hit Higgins for that touchdown? Oh, and, exactly. And, uh, what's-his-face would have held on to that touchdown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a two-touchdown day for Baker and easily should have been, could have been four. Yeah. Could have, should have, would have been four touchdowns. Still uh, went. Uh, and over 70% completions because if he hits those two passes, he's 21 of 29. Yep. He's and uh, Instead of 19 for 29. Which still, is still good. Yeah. Still two, good. I mean, that's still, about, that's still about hitting two-thirds of your throws. I yeah. mean, that's pretty good. 258 yards with the two touchdowns. He did take two sacks. He got popped for grounding again. You know, not not a fan of that, but I'd rather yeah. him do that than get hurt. You know, at the end yeah, of the day, take a sack. situationally it sucks because you lose so much yardage, but I'd rather him do that than get hit. Yeah, it was one of those ones where where he thought that he could maybe sell it to the refs that like, hey, there was those two guys there, but it's just like, no. Yeah. No. And it was like last week the ball – it was like last, was th- last time the ball didn't get back to the line of scrimmage. This time it yeah. did that, but this time he was still inside the tackle box. He was still in the pocket. Yeah, that was the that was the one time where I was like, okay, yeah, the refs got it right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> There's fair. no complaining yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't get them all wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, it was uh, – boy – it was a, uh, it was a, can I say it was a Cleveland Browns win? You know, we always yeah. say never easy. No, and this is where I and again the Browns are the Browns are have not been kind to us uh, against the spread, and today was another example. They failed to cover the spread again. Well, today. I didn't take them today, so that's why I, I feel good about that. Oh, okay. I, 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 took, I took the Jags. Got oh, it. I, I, I took. That's the, right. I hey, took, go ahead. Yeah. Toot the old horn for yeah. uh, for your prediction. This is week. yeah. So I, Steve, I told Dan this pre-show, and I wanted everyone out there to. If you haven't listened, go back to listen to the last post-game show because. Shout out. Uh, 
I uh, I felt terrible about this game, and my negative Nancy uh, vibes oh, paid off. I was, I was. You were wrongity wrong. I was wrongity wrong. <laughs> But, like, I woke up this morning, like, almost in a cold sweat because yeah. I'm like I, – I, I, like, woke up this morning convinced we were going to lose. I'm like, we're going to lose this game somehow. Yeah. I and just, maybe it goes back to the way the Browns usually are in these games where you're on the road against a team that you should beat and we find some way to to screw it up. I, and, that's, and that's exactly what I said last week was that, you know, on paper we're supposed to win this game, but I think that we will and it will be ugly and terrifying because of something <laughs> stupid that we do. And, you know, there wasn't one, like, particularly terrible Browns moment. Like, I mean, you could maybe say the Harrison Bryant fumble, uh, Baker's early, um, you know, missed touchdown throw. Like, the, the cumulative effect of those plays kind of all led to to where we ended up with this game. But, Quite frankly, with better uh, better coaching from Jacksonville, this is a very different story. I mean, Doug Marone, it, you mentioned Kevin Stefanski with some potentially, you know, if questionable play calling, what have you. I mean, Doug Marone literally took points off the board. Uh, what on earth? What on earth is Doug Marone going for two when they're up nineteen to seventeen? I don't know what he's going was, to kick the extra point. It was a bold in the choice. Third quarter. It was a bold. What are it, they doing? And it did not pay off. Um, and uh, it literally cost them the game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like this, the, we're very, very, very close to either going to overtime or losing this game. Steve, we can't hear you. I, I see your mouth moving, but I was just saying that that was that was the play of the game. That Absolutely, to go mm-hmm. because then that made the decision to go for two later, and they didn't get that one either. Yeah, yeah and uh, I, I'm going to do it. I never, I said I would never do it, but I'm going to give. Sendejo, some props, despite the fact that he is probably public enemy number one yeah. right now in Cleveland. He had, he still had a pretty bad game. He still whiffed hard on a couple plays. But when it really counted on that two-point conversion at the end of the game, he stepped up, and he wasn't technically a pick because he landed out of bounds, but he yeah. still passed break up or oh, passed defend me. or whatever. He celebrated like it was a Oh, pick. yeah. And, and you know what? Good for him because yeah, he probably much maligned. He, the dude. He's not stupid. I don't care if he yeah, goes right. on Twitter or not. He's he, been in the league he, for, for he like knows, ten years. Yeah, he knows how people feel about him in Cleveland. Right. Um. So hey, you know what? He he had not still not a great game uh, throughout the entirety of it. But when it mattered, backs literally up against yeah. the wall. He prevented at least um, the threat of overtime. Because I mean, think of it this way: if, if they get that two point conversion, there's about. 220-ish, 225 maybe or something like that on the clock. I don't know. Um, there's a sizable amount of time left um, that we now have to march down the field. We can't just kill kill time. We now have to go score. So, yeah. uh, you know, that was uh, credit where it was due. Uh, the defense played uh, pretty terribly. Uh, most- yeah, I, I said it. Uh, they, they didn't have the benefit of having their 12th man, the weather, on the field with them this week. True, very true. The pass rush struggled, um, missing. Oh, God, golly, do we miss Denzel Ward as well? Oh yeah, there was Terrence a- Mitchell. He likes to call himself Money Mitchell, but he's yeah, because he Penny, get- he's Penny Mitchell. Yeah, no, he's he's most money of the time. He's Money Mitchell in the sense that opposing wide receivers get paid after playing against him because yeah. good lord, that was rough. Yeah, um, yeah. you know you're in trouble when uh, Terrence Mitchell's got to cover your best receiver, <laughs> or you you know that. Uh, you're in trouble if Terrence Mitchell has mm-hmm. to cover the opponent's mm-hmm. best receiver. And he was tied with uh, BJ Goodson for the most tackles today. That's so never that's, a good that's thing. That's not when a good DB sign. Has the most tackles. That's never a good thing. 
Correct. And yeah. then, uh, like the fact that Stefanski, or not Stefanski, Sendejo is like second on our team in tackles. That's not a good stat for Sendejo. No, no, it's, that's concerning. Um, yeah, absolutely. Steve, know, are you in your basement by chance? No, I'm on my second floor. Oh, okay. No. Um, and I'll tell you what, real quick, while we're talking about tackles, uh, did not lead his team in tackles, but came close. Our boy Joe Schobert, uh, oh. just behind Miles Jack. He uh, Jack. Yeah, he's had, the guy. He's the guy that forced the uh, Harrison Bryant fall. I know. Of course, it was him too. So I mean, even though they lost, uh, they lost the game. He he won that battle, even though he lost the war. Yeah. Um, you know, I said this last time. I don't have any ill will towards Joe. Well, he didn't. Ha- he didn't have a. He didn't have a fun time trying to tackle Nick Chubb. No, he did not. And that. that I took. I took great delight. But watching. nobody has. Nobody has. Yeah, fun that's trying to that's, that's a league wide phenomenon. That's not yeah. just a Joe Schober problem. Right. 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 But uh, I, I said it before. You know, there's a lot of guys that are C plus B minus type players that will get paid a lot to go to a bad team. Usually, we do that in in free agency here in right. Cleveland. Quite honestly, right. We've paid a lot. We've overpaid for a lot of guys either on the back nine of their career or who are benefiting off of one or one and a half or two seasons of, of slightly above average play. Yep. So, you know, we credit where it was due for letting him walk. It was hard to see a fan favorite like him walk, but uh, it was the right move. I stand by that. And, you know, he can go ahead and rack up tackles all day long on a bad team. It's what he did here in Cleveland. And now he gets yep. to do it. At least he gets to do it in better weather. So, yeah, he uh, he he finally got to win the opener this year. Something that he hasn't done in his career, but uh, he hasn't won a game since. So yeah, they're dangerously <laughs> close to uh, going one and fifteen. I mean, they're five games away from it, which I guess that, is that's, that's a that, sizable amount of games on, left. Honestly, but. that's probably one of their goals at this point. I know? mean, it's them and the. I mean, the Jets are still winless, correct? Yeah, they lost today as well. So I mean, they're uh, they're one step ahead, or I should say, behind the Jets for right. the number one overall pick. Well, and then I mean, if they get the number two pick, Justin Fields isn't a bad consolation prize. No, not at all. So, but. Uh, but yeah, so enough about that. Because nobody cares about the Jags and what they're doing in the offseason. But uh Browns, eight and three. Absolutely enormous. Steve uh and Ryan. This might be the biggest game the Browns have played since two thousand two. I would I would have a hard time arguing with that. I would. I mean it's at the end of the day. So much so that it, that there are rumors going around. I don't know if if um, the schedule has been locked in, but there are rumors that this game potentially could get flexed to Sunday night or Monday night. It really could be flexed to Sunday night. Kansas City at Denver currently like game next week. It's going to get moved. Um, going to take the games for next week at uh, L.A. Rams this be looking at but there's not a lot out there right right so we'll see what happens uh be fun to be fun to play a uh sunday night game um but that is that is going to be a game you got probably the two best running backs in the nfl going up against each other which is going to give me nightmares because the the thought of andrew sandejo trying to tackle derrick henry um just Makes me want to wet myself. Do you remember from years ago when Antonio Brown on a punt return just put his foot right into poor what's his face's face mask? Who was that? I forget our punter. Uh, Spencer Lanning. Spencer Lanning. Yeah, it's going to look like that. Steve, you're 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 going in and out real bad. We can't hear anything you're saying. 
technical difficulties. Yeah. Stand by, everybody. Yeah. At any rate, Sandeo's going to get trucked about 100 times. Like, think about how bad he looked when Duke Johnson ran into him. Yeah, right. Uh, when we played the Texans. Oh. It's going to be exponentially worse. I mean, I, I have nightmares imagining what our defense is going to do against Derrick Henry. I mean, at the end of the day, it's we're going to make Tannehill look like a stud. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, I know we'll get into predictions eventually. Spoiler alert: I think we're going to get our asses kicked. Um, it's well, gonna, we don't need to know. Yeah. We don't need to ask you. Who it's gonna... it's a, a <laughs> in bloodbath fashion where everyone's going to hit the panic alarm like eight hundred times. It's I don't. I tell you what, I think I might let you live tweet next week because I don't think I want to see Brown's Twitter next week. <laughs> I'm already calling off. I'm sick. I don't feel oh. well. Um, no, it's just our defense is going to be hilarious uh, against that that offense because Tannehill's not an elite quarterback, but with the way that Derrick Henry runs the ball and the way that they're going to be able to establish the run game early because of how good he is, I, you know, if we get Miles back, uh, that would be great. I don't know if we will. I don't know what the status of his recovery is. I hope he's feeling better, and I hope he's testing negative very, very soon, if not already. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a problem. That's the game we need him back for is this week. Yeah, absolutely This critical. week and next week. We, uh, we play Baltimore on Monday night right after. This week was ugly, but we could weather it. Um, we won't be able to weather it against the really, really good teams like the, the Tennessees and the Baltimores. Um, I just I don't think that we're going to have enough answers for Derrick Henry, and in return we're going to have to load the box with eight guys, and then the next thing you know, Tannehill is going to look like you know Tom Brady from five, six years ago. Yeah. It's going to be – I am very concerned about how our defense holds up. All right, so Ryan says the Browns are going to lose <laughs> next week. I just uh, jumped straight into predictions. I'm Steve, sorry. Steve, how do you think? How do you think this is going to go? Well, it's going to be a very tough game. Tennessee is a very stout team up front, obviously. They have the best running back in the NFL, who's not Nick Chubb. Uh, Tannehill has done very well. Quarterback, they crush Indianapolis today. But let's not forget one thing. Tennessee sometimes has games where they just, like – can't get out of their own way. They had one of those against yeah. the Colts a few weeks ago. Um, you know, they're on the cusp of being elite. I feel like the Browns honestly are too at this point. I'll give the Titans the benefit of the doubt because they're playing at home. But uh, I do think it's, I think it comes down to a field goal game. I'll say the Titans win by a field goal. Okay. Got it. Uh, screw you guys. The Browns are going to win. <laughs> 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 I like it. At least somebody here has confidence. I sure as hell don't. Baker's got Baker's gonna get those bad throws out of his system. He's gonna fire darts all over the field against the Titans. And I uh uh somehow I you know, Derrick Henry's gonna pull his hamstring in the first quarter. That's how we're gonna win. There we go. I mean, without Derrick Henry, it's a very different situation. Right. That sure. guy's just such a man beast. I mean, it's it's just incredible. Like it's Oh. He's a freak. He's a phenomenal athlete. And I, yeah. I mean, it's he's right up in there in the conversation with, uh, in my mind, like whenever you're talking about like best running back in the league, people seem to always go to like Ezekiel Elliott or from a no. couple years ago, Todd Gurley, or, right. you know, like there's a lot of these guys that are, that are flashy and they get their name called all the time. Yeah. I would put Henry up now. It, Henry's gaining a lot of steam at this point, but Henry was similar in terms of like kind of like Nick Chubb where – He's so damn good, and people, for whatever reason, didn't seem to talk about him. Maybe it's because he was just an unassuming kind of low-key guy because he was on a team that wasn't making particularly big waves. I know Tennessee's done some things of late. Um, I still – I tell you what, I hope we we win next week, but I still love him last year for knocking off the Ravens in the playoffs. That was awesome. Yep. Um, They knocked out – they knocked off the Ravens this year too. Yeah, that's true. The the Ravens are spiraling right now. You know – 
I, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott is not nearly the running back that Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb are. Well, not, no, not, not I, now. I, I a couple, agree. A couple years ago, Zeke was damn good. I mean, I, I'm going to give the guy his due. Not now, no, but that's because the Cowboys are an unmitigated disaster. Zeke can't hang on to the football. Well, I, sure. Yeah, yeah it's... That's one I of the things disagree with you. I love that about uh, Chubb as well is, man, he is just so consistent. I think he's probably had maybe like one or two fumbles lost. Knock on wood. Yeah, a lot of yeah. knocking on wood here. Except it, for it, it, minus the game against New England last year. Yeah. Yeah. I he think fumbled that, twice in he, the first quarter. I think that might have been like outside of that game, he's might have had like one other in yeah. his career. I love I mean, it. I, I love it when the weather's bad and it's rainy when he takes the gloves off and he tapes up his fingers and yep. he plays uh, – Without gloves, he dude reminds me of Jim Brown so much when he does that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I say I think the Browns are going to win by a field goal. I think it's going to be close. I don't know what the line's going to be, but I think the Browns are going to somehow figure out a way to, to pull this out. And if they do, if they find out a way to win this game on Sunday and go to nine and three, holy crap! Um, we still have two games against the New York teams. We have a game against Baltimore who. You know, we don't even know. They have 20 guys on their COVID list. Who knows what's going to happen with them by the time we play them in two weeks? Um, Lamar has COVID. Yeah. Or I mean, he's, if, or he's, on the, he's on the COVID list. It's never been. Oh, no. It was proven that he tested positive. Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. does have COVID. Well, here's the thing. We don't even know if that game happens because, you know, the, the Steelers and Ravens were supposed to play on Thanksgiving and then it yep. got pushed to today. Yep. And then it got pushed till Tuesday. Tuesday. And with the, I mean, there's still more more tests coming uh, out positive today. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long they'll push that game, but the Ravens are in a supposedly really weird they, spot yeah, right now. Supposedly, they said today they had some doctor on the pregame show for uh, for CBS. They said that uh, he surmises, and he said he didn't have any like inside information. But the positive tests that they got today are tests that came from like the community at large and wasn't from like the internal outbreak that happened within the organization. So supposedly they feel like Baltimore's contained the outbreak within their organization. And then the two guys, I think Mark Andrews is one of them. Yeah. Which my um, st- I had to figure out, find a new tight end <laughs> after the one o'clock game yeah. started, mind you. So yeah. uh, I'm screwed. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So they think that those positive tests came from uh, community spread, which obviously right now the Ravens are doing everything virtually. They're not doing anything in the building. Their building's shut down. So uh, really the positive test from Mark Andrews probably couldn't have come from inside the organization. So he just had bad luck and you know was exposed to somebody who had it outside of the organization. So, But... You know, if they play this game on, there, there's literally no way the, the Ravens are going to win against the Steelers if they play this game on Tuesday. There's no way. No. Lamar's out. Their top two running backs are out. Mark Andrews is out. A bunch of guys on their defense is out. There's no way, which is fantastic. Honestly, the NFL should just make the Ravens forfeit this game because they're not going to beat the Steelers anyway. Well, I don't think it's going to be forfeited. I think if this game isn't allowed to be isn't going to be played on Tuesday what the NFL is going to do is they're going to move it to that 18th week buffer that they that they put in for themselves so which would be interesting because then the Browns Steelers game isn't the Steelers final game of the season at that point which is important for the Browns because if the Steelers had already locked up the one seed for the AFC most likely, 
the way it's shaping up, the Browns are probably going to need that game. I mean, maybe. Who knows? If the Browns beat the uh, the Giants and the Jets, with the way the tiebreakers work out and the fact that the Raiders are losing games now, we're probably going to get in regardless. But that game is much more important to the Browns and the Steelers. If If that's not the Steelers' last game, then maybe they have more to play for in that game against the Browns and it becomes a lot more contested. If the Steelers have the one seed locked up, they're not going to play anybody against the Browns. I mean, unless they're going for 16 and 0, which god, I hope that if if the Steelers go 16 and 0 on our field, I'll jump off the 480 bridge. <laughs> that would hurt. That would be that would be Even odd. if we made the playoffs, no, I will jump off the 480 tough. bridge. That'd be tough. Well, but I John- mean I think the only way the Steelers have the one seed locked up is that they are going for 16 and 0 because exactly that would as Kansas City would have to lose at least twice before then. I, I don't see that happening. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's a that's that's a that's a little tangent we got on there. But let's let's go around the NFL. So uh, Steve, go ahead and uh, and give us the lowdown on what's going on. I full disclosure. I have no idea what's going on in any other game. I haven't looked at my fantasy matchups. I haven't. I was so locked into this Browns game and us going to eight and three. I haven't been list, Haven't been paying attention to anything. I, I did. I did see the Titans and the Colts score. That was the only one because that game was bonus coverage after ours went final. Nothing wrong with that, Dan. I mean, you when you locked in on a Browns game when they're winning, it's all good. Oh. You know, you back to you go back to Thursday. Um, you had two kind of blowout games on Thanksgiving Day. You had the Houston Texans go to Detroit, uh, won that game 41-25, to and then you had the football team I feel go so to bad for Deshaun Watson. That guy is incredible, and he's getting wasted by that wasteland of an organization. Yeah. Well, I mean, they made a positive move by getting rid of Bill O'Brien, but... Uh, yeah, but who, who trusts them to make the right uh, head coaching hire? don't have... Anyway, the, the football team goes to Dallas. They defeat the Cowboys 41-16. to That's kind of significant because Washington now 4-7 and seven by tiebreaker has the lead in the NFC East. We all thought uh, that, like, like obviously, the, obviously they're not good, but we all thought that, like, Washington had potential to go, like, 1-15. Yeah. yeah. And, and right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be hosting a playoff game, which don't get me started on that. That's a complete joke. Yeah. I hate that. Thing. So my, my thought is – you know, if you want to reward a division winner with a playoff, like an automatic playoff berth, I could live with that. But I would say we need to reseed and shoot them to the bottom. Agree with that, and yeah. then just bump up whichever yeah. wild card team is first. They get to host. If you're a six and ten division winner, you deserve to it's face like, the number one seed on the road. They in should the first have, round. There should be a rule whenever, like, whenever they, yeah, whoever that like the the. And this year it would be the two seed because only the one seed gets the first round by. Yeah, like if the uh, if the if the, if if any division winner is sub five hundred in any capacity, then they forfeit their home field advantage for in favor of the next team. Hundred percent. I could totally be on board with that. So we turn our attention to the one o'clock window today. Uh, I'll start with a couple of results that were of importance to the Browns. The Tennessee Titans, who we've mentioned at length in this podcast, they went to Indianapolis today and they trounced the Colts 45-26. to That is a result that gets the Titans to 8-3 and three and drops the Colts to 7-4. and four. So, Which is actually a good thing. Very good. It's a good thing because no matter what, 
even if we lose to the Titans last next week, we'll still be ahead of the Colts in the playoff standings because of our tiebreaker win. Indeed. Another very even better. Oh, oh, go I ahead. Hope, oh, I hope this is where you're going next. Uh, yeah, the uh, even better the Raiders. Yeah. Today by the Falcons, forty three to six. And, and the funny thing is, like it was twenty six and twenty three to six. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, Atlanta has had big leads in games before, <laughs> but the opposite happened today. The Falcons <laughs> rushed the Raiders, so the Raiders are now just six and five, which is fabulous because they have tiebreaker over the Browns, but they're now two games down. Yeah, I mean forty forty three to six. I mean it just just. Kaka all the all up in their pants, just all oh, bad, yeah. all bad, oh, all I just, <laughs> just. I'm I try- thought you said something different. I'm trying to swear less. You said Kaka. <laughs> yeah, I'm I thought you to- said. I thought you said. It <laughs> doesn't okay, matter. Never. They just so thank you Atlanta for not doing your normal Atlanta shenanigans. Um, yep. Kudos to you all for fighting for whoever the hell your interim coach is. Yep. Uh, I don't care. Blah blah blah. Raiders lose. Suck it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In the teams going to eight and three department, the Buffalo Bills, they take care of business at home. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Which that's another eight and three team that doesn't bother me as much because if things hold, they unless there's the a, winner. yeah, they'll be the division winner in the East, yep. barring uh, a, a, a crazy Buffalo, Patriots run or Dolphins showing up. Does Buffalo and Miami play again? They do play again, I think, either week 16 or 17. I think it might be the last game of the season, actually. Boy, there's uh, there's good scheduling by the NFL. Yeah. You mentioned Miami. They they were at the Jets today. The Jets are now 0 and 11. God, Miami that won that one easily 20 to 3. That gets them to 7 and 4. You guys agree so with me that the Jets this year are worse than the 0 and 16 Browns? Oh, absolutely. Correct. Because, like, even the 0 and 16 Browns, I think, were at least somewhat competitive they would just lose every game i mean the jets are finding new ways uh to define the word pitiful it's bad i don't i mean another franchise wasting talent you know i I would never put sam Darnold in the same category as deshaun watson but he's not as bad as he's being made out to look no right now gase is completely wasting this kid yeah uh, so we saw <laughs> at least at least the Browns realized the error of their ways, and before they completely ruined Baker Mayfield, they tried to fix it. And so far, you know, like we said, and you know, much talked about, it hasn't been f- fantastic this year with Baker. But this is the fourth straight game he hasn't thrown an interception. He got into the end zone a couple times today. Should have been a couple more. One was on him. One was on Harrison Bryant. Um. But, yeah, I feel like, man, like, you know, we've done it to so many quarterbacks, but nobody really with the amount of talent that Sam Darnold has that we've ruined. So it's like I look at that situation, I'm like, man, I've seen that movie a few times. Oh, yeah. Well, the Lions finally got rid of Matt Patricia. That was long overdue. And uh, if we were to find out tonight or tomorrow that Adam Gase was fired, it would be about six weeks too late. So, I mean, it would be – I have no idea what the Jets have been waiting for. I I don't know either. I think they're they're keeping him as the head coach until the end of the season to make sure that they go 1-15 or 0-16 and and get that number one pick. I'm convinced of that. It's possible. Could be. Speaking of New York, the Giants, the football Giants, 
Yeah, they continue to, to look better and better. They go to Cincinnati today. They pull out a close one, 19 to 17 over the Bengals. Some say he's a ninja. <laughs> So, Our old friend Colt McCoy got the win today. He he came in after uh, Daniel Jones uh, injured his hamstring, and uh, the old Colt still got a few bullets in the chamber. There you go. You know, good deal for him. Uh, two other really close games in the one o'clock window. The Cardinals and Patriots went down to the final play. New England wins it on a field goal at the gun, twenty to seventeen. That's a really tough loss for Arizona. They fall to six and five. New England, especially in that division. Yeah, and then and then in Minnesota, the Vikings they rally from behind late to defeat the Panthers, twenty eight to twenty seven. Vikings still marginally alive in the NFC North race. They probably they really need Green Bay to kind of screw up down the stretch. But you know, I can't not figure up. i i I can't figure the Vikings out. They get. They get mollywopped by the Cowboys last week, and then come back and win. It makes they have been a confounding team. They've been an impossible team to picking the points. I can say that. Yeah, yeah, I was wrong on this one. To a lesser extent, so is Carolina. True. True. Yep. They're tough. At any rate, uh, onto the four o'clock window here. Uh, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. That's the game that most of the country is watching right now. The Chiefs are leading Tampa twenty to seven at the half. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill have already hooked up twice in this game for touchdowns. Uh, I would expect Kansas City to, to win this game, but who knows? Um, shocker going on in Southern California right now. The 49ers are up 14 to three on the Rams, about 11 minutes remaining in the third quarter. And that wow. one, uh, that would be a really awful defeat for the Rams. If that holds up. Absolutely. I'm loving it because at least as of right now, when this is being recorded, Jared Goff is negative in fantasy points and he's my opponent this week. So I've never been a Jared Goff fan. No, neither have I. Um, I feel like. I feel like Sean McVay is more more or less making chicken salad out of chicken blank with uh, with that guy. That's fair. And then in the the last of the four o'clock games, um, coronavirus hit the Broncos quarterback room. Really oh hard. yeah, this is hilarious. Joints. Uh, they have no active quarterbacks on their roster for their game against the Saints. They're currently losing seventeen to three with about five minutes left. In the it's amazing quarter. that they've scored three points. I mean, the spread on this one was fifteen points, yeah. and I took New Orleans, which I was feeling a little bit concerned about. I mean, right now, you know, they're 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 flirting with it. So, you know, um, watch Denver do something insane to like to lose by like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, some it, triple option flea flicker reverse Statue of Liberty play that'll like score them a touchdown. That'll lose the game, but it'll somehow get them to cover. That's exactly right. It's, I, I took Denver in the points actually. Did you know that they didn't have a quarterback? I knew that. Okay. I fifteen points is outrageous. <laughs> it is, but but not having an actual quarterback on your roster is also outrageous. That was my thought. Was at the end of the day, they're truly they're, they've like ele- how are they going to score? They've elevated back up. I mean, their their quarterback today is, I believe, a wide receiver. Yeah, and they, they and their quarterback in college at Wake Forest. Yeah, and their backup was uh, quarterback, so to speak, was just elevated off the practice squad. They tried to uh, sign uh, one of their assistant coaches, right? Yes, to play quarterback in this game. They tried. They they petitioned to the NFL, Steve. I don't know if you saw this or heard this to. Uh, allow the NFL to have one of their assistant coaches who played quarterback in college play quarterback in this game. 
Wow. And the NFL said, uh-uh. Which I'm sorry. off the bench to play. That's, that's a Yeah, which one. I'm sorry. Like, if the NFL is like, okay, we're going to push back the Steelers and Ravens game, we're going to push that game back again, why aren't the Broncos getting that same leverage? Like, how are, how are you as the NFL going to yeah, postpone a game twice and then tell a team who's – who can't play a quarterback, who can't literally feel the quarterback that, oh, you still have to play Sunday at, you know, one or four or whatever, four o'clock, um, whenever that game started. It's like the hypocrisy is maddening. Yeah, I don't understand how that works. I really don't. They have four quarterbacks on their roster, and none, because of close contacts, none of them can, like, not even all four of them have tested positive for COVID. It's just because they're close contacts, they're not allowed to play in this game. So it's like, if I'm a Broncos fan, and and even more so, if I'm a Broncos like front office exec and and a coach on that team, I am so livid at the NFL right now. It's not even funny. It's lucky for them that they're not in the higher part of the playoff race. Oh, that would be even worse. Well, I mean, that would be. Li- I would. I would. Could, oh man, I would blow up like a dirty bomb. Well, could that <laughs> could that really be the answer though? Is it as simple as maybe the Ravens are still in playoff yeah. contention, so they got some some extra wiggle room, whereas Denver's assumed to to not be in playoff contention, but, therefore screw them. But I don't if, know if, if you're a team that's fighting with New Orleans for a playoff spot in the NFC. Oh, you can I agree. Cry, you can cry. Uh, you know, you can cry murder and be like, "Hey, what is going on? How how are the Saints able to do this and face a team that doesn't have a?" Uh, quarterback, and yet you're going to push the Ravens and the Steelers game back. Who like so? Te- even though the Broncos are not in the playoff race, that game has playoff implications. Right. Uh, you, you look at New Orleans. You know, dome team. You know, playing outdoors on grass at high elevation. You know, right. Those are advantages to them in a normal situation. Right. I mean, if it was if it was the Broncos against the Bengals, yeah, sure. Okay, who cares? Nobody's going to watch that game anyway. Just go ahead and play it. But. There's a lot of playoff implications for the Saints with this game. Who, yeah. oh, by the way, just scored. They're now up 24-3. So oh, there you go. At this very moment in time, 6.06 <laughs> p.m. Eastern. Denver's not scoring a touchdown. New Orleans is covering. Unless they <laughs> no. score a touchdown on defense or special teams, yeah. they're not scoring a touchdown. No, I can see that. Going to the night games here, we've got uh, the 5-5 five and five Bears playing at the 7-3 and three Packers. That's pretty much a must-win for the Bears if they've got any shot to win the NFC North. Yeah. Green Bay game, they're really going to be in the driver's seat going forward. I think Mitch Trubisky is starting in that game for the Bears. Correct. Yes. Oh, so. thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, I hope the Bears win now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see the we'll see the return of uh, Mitch. I, I, I would like to see the Bears win as well, as long as that game is really high scoring because I have Aaron Rodgers, so... I want him to score lots of points. Yeah, I don't care what happens. I need Jimmy Graham to get the ball because he's my emergency oh shit quarterback because Andrews is out for the week. Steve, did Ryan just say Jimmy Graham? He did. I did. How do you say Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what are we getting into? I thought, I thought it's, it's an inside. I thought you were going to give me give me give me the long drawn out drawn out Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, Monday night, the Seattle Seahawks go across the country in a battle of birds to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Seahawks come in seven and three, Eagles three six and one. And then, of course, Tuesday, if they ever do get around to playing at the Ravens at six and four, are going to play at the undefeated Steelers. Boo! Uh, 
You know, we, you know, we hope for that game. We hope Bain shows up and blows that field up. Yep, I'm good with that too. Here's the, here's another fun thing that cracks me up. Still, I don't think it will happen because even though they're traveling, I don't think Seattle loses this game. But if Philly does end up winning at four six and one, they will retake first place they will in the division back on top, yeah. because of that tie. Yes, and there will be a th- there will be a th- uh, there will be three teams in that division within a half game of each other for the division lead, and all of them will be well under 500. Yeah, sizably. NFL is crazy, man. That that division should just be canceled this year. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, to sum everything up, Browns will be in fifth place regardless of what happens in Pittsburgh on Tuesday night. Uh, You'll you love Indiana to see it. Seven and four. You've got Miami at 7-4. And then uh, the Raiders are now six and five, and honestly, Baltimore will probably be six and five if they get around to playing that game. So, extremely good day for the Browns yeah. in, in the big lay of the AFC. If they play this game on Tuesday, there's there's literally no like it. They, the Ravens have the same probability of victory as the Broncos scoring an offensive touchdown today. <laughs> there's no way they can win. No, not gonna happen. Um. So yeah. Well, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us this week on the uh, Deerfield Gridiron LOTL Browns postgame show. We appreciate you guys listening. You can follow us uh, on social media at the LOTL podcast and uh, check out our normal episode of LOTL this week as we are heading to Hatfield's Good Grub to interview um, chef and uh, owner Ken Hatfield. So we're really excited about that and uh, check that out later this week. So, for Ryan and Steve, I'm Dan. You've been listening to the post-game show, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Go Browns. Bye. Bye.